Yo, I'm Finn. This is Alan Ev. Enjoy. I mean, Netflix could easily buy out Sky Sports or completely obliterate them and the whole streaming service of sports completely. They've got all the money they need right now. They're going up in the stock market. And it's a great time to diversify and go into sports broadcasting. TAB, TAB could invest a lot of money into adding minor sports and esports as well. They've already added added um, to their service, which would bring in potentially a whole new crowd of investors. And with the restrictions we're seeing on sports, and we will continue to see, I think it'd be a smart thing to do. It'd be stupid if they didn't, really. I mean, coronavirus is going to impact us and sport in New Zealand and worldwide a lot more and a lot longer than I think we realise. Kia ora everyone, welcome back to the show, my name's Finn, um, if, this is your, if this is your first time listening, uh, welcome, just a bit of a bit of a potty I'm doing for fun, um, half aimlessly, half to try, spread a bit of learning, spread a bit of knowledge and take a bit up of your daily time for 20 minutes or so each week, um, talking sports, talking business, if you're if you're new, feel free to hit subscribe after this if you like it. Um, if you don't like it, then don't hit subscribe and don't waste your time listening. Um, but if you do like it, yeah, subscribe. Um, if you're a returning listener, welcome back, my mate. I hope you're having a great day. I hope you've had a great week. Uh, today we're going to be talking a bit of sport. Uh, obviously, with just before we get into it, obviously with corona being COVID, coronavirus having the um, impact that it's had, you're going to have to be putting up with my voice my voice alone for the next few weeks until we get out of this hot mess and I can get some more of my guests on the show. I've got some, got some cool guests lined up. I've got a, got a clothing brand. I've got an artist. I've got a couple businesses, a couple experts in the sector, etc., etc. So hopefully once we get out of lockdown, we can, um, we can get some cool people on the show. So just getting into it today, as I said, we're... Uh, I got this question from one of my friends who's been listening and Helene, shout out to you if you're listening. Um, Helene sent me a message and said, hey, loving the potty so far, would be really interested to hear your thoughts on the impact of COVID on sports and not only sports but the business side of it as well and and just a couple of things around that. So today we're going to be talking about COVID and its impact on sports. Now... When I say sports, I'm going to be talking about obviously the playing factor of it and the athlete side of it, but I'm actually also going to talk about the organisational side because, um, I mean, obviously you can't play sports without an organisation behind it backing it. So, so yeah, I think it's really important to just quickly acknowledge all of those that have been affected by it. Um, my thoughts go out to you and your whanau um, worldwide, obviously. New Zealand has been really lucky with dealt dealt with everything really well and because of that we're probably going to recover a lot faster and being the small country that we are we're able to do that uh, much more fast as well uh, a lot faster as well so but yeah um covid's already taken quite a lot from us when we stop and think about it it's taken our time it's taken our families it's taken our friends taking our social life um i know i myself was dealing with it quite well at the moment it's just been announced here in New Zealand if you're not a New Zealander it's been announced that we're another week in lockdown completely agree with the decision I think it's the best for us but 
um, yeah, it's getting harder staying staying away from everyone I want to hang out with. Um, but it could be a lot worse. But from the sports side of things, it's already taken all the sports away that we love watching. It's taken away the sport that we love playing. And it's not just professional and it's not just um, high performance, but it's it's also the local, the club, the the everyday sports for amateurs and participating, participant-focused sports that have been taken away as well. And just touching on that, I think that, I mean, obviously the first thing we think of when we think of sports is, you know, we like to watch or we like to play it. But if we think about it, that, that local, the, the regional local, um, you know, go up to your local rugby club on a Friday and play a game of touch or whatever, uh, a lot of people don't play sport to just be good at sport. They play it because it's great for their their mental well-being and great for their well-being in terms of it gives them a bit of exercise, it gives them social, oh, it gives them um, something social to look forward to. And and I know when I play social sports, and that's that's a big thing as well, is it's not just high-performance sports that are going to suffer. It's the, it's the people and the people's well-being as a result of not being able to play their social sports, being able to socialise. Um, I mean, when I play, when I go and play a social game of netball or touch or whatever it is, um, I don't go do it to try to be the best there or I don't go do it to, um, you know, try to be in the World Cup. I do it to have a little break from my day and um, let a little bit of stress off, have a bit of fun, enjoy myself and see my mates. So... Um, yeah, I think that's going to be something that we really suffer from as well, which which sucks a little bit. But as I say, once we get him back back into it, uh, we'll appreciate it that much more. But anyways, back to it. And obviously, that's had a massive effect on not only the players and the participants, but on the organisations. And in terms of money, I mean, money's not everything, but it does make the world go round these days. And without sports we've had no participation we've had no revenue there's no revenue going in and and as a result of that a lot of people and companies and sports organizations especially not for profit um are really struggling at the moment and working at sport new zealand um just a quick disclaimer obviously today i'll only be talking about public information not inside of information um but working at sport new zealand you get a closer look into how some organisations are really being affected by it. Um, so yeah, so obviously it's affected us, but what's going to happen into the future? Um, so I think the best way to do this is probably to talk about some negatives and positives. Um, and it would be really easy to just focus on the negatives because there are definitely a lot of negatives. I myself have had, um, was supposed to actually be in Australia as I record this, I'm recording it live, so that is uh, this will go up as soon as I've recorded it. Um, and this was just so I was doing it with current information. But yeah, I myself today or tomorrow morning was supposed to be flying out to Australia for a touch tournament, and um, yeah, it, it would be easy to focus on the negatives, but there are actually quite a lot of positives and opportunities for positivity from COVID. So yeah, if we start with the negatives, obviously there's no sport. And as a result of that, a lot of organisations, um, especially with there's no professional sports, so there's no money coming in from streaming and coverage and ad revenue to these companies. And so um, organisations themselves are not able to actually continue running as they usually would. And although there is a support package from the government, 
um, yeah, it's affected those organisations. Um, and as a result, players aren't being paid, players aren't actually able to play. Um, and that's going to continue for some time. And we don't know how long that will continue. But one thing I can say for sure is that what we'll probably see over the next year or so is that there's going to be massive implications around travelling internationally. It's going to be so hard to... There's going to be so many more restrictions, I think, will will be the case, especially around sanitary issues. Um, so, yeah, professional sports are going to really suffer over the next 6 to 12 to even 18 months. Um, and I think that's one thing I have to say right now is um, myself being guilty of it. I think COVID's going to last a lot longer than we think. I think in our heads we're in lockdown and as soon as we get out everything's going to be fine but it's not um we're not just going to get out of covid oh, we're not just going to get out of lockdown and go back to our normal lives because especially in the sports environment uh, there's going to be repercussions from the loss of money up front and some organizations won't be able to afford to run events that's locally that's regionally and even professionally um it's going to be really interesting to see how um, even people, people's attitudes change in terms of going into a big crowd. I mean, especially with the fast spread of everything, it'd be really interesting after this to see how people feel about going to live and public events and sporting events because if you're in a massive crowd, you're at such a big risk of contracting coronavirus or even just a general sickness. And I think what this will do is it'll change our perspective on how we react to that. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's that whole professional sports view, which is going to be really interesting. And then there's also the um, organisation's perspective. And again, just I'm not going to go into it too much, but I can't iterate enough that a lot of people just think about it from, oh, this sucks, we can't play sport, we can't watch sport. But businesses, especially like the sporting organisations are going to be so badly affected by this because they aren't getting money because sports aren't able to be played. Um, just looking at TAB. TAB, um, when you place a bet on TAB, say you bet on the All Blacks to beat Australia, um, all the betting that goes on a sport, for example, on, on the rugby games, that goes to Rugby New Zealand. Not, not all the money, but a percentage of that money goes to the sporting organisations. That's my understanding. And so without these sports being played, TAB can't hold the bets. People aren't betting. TAB doesn't get money. And as a result of that, these organisations like Rugby New Zealand and and Surf... Well, not Surf Life in New Zealand. That's, that's a bad example. But um, Rugby New Zealand and Netball New Zealand and, and things like the UFC aren't getting aren't getting the revenue from this and the funding from TAB. So it's really impacting organisations, as I say. Um, yeah, and another another negative that I want to just quickly touch on is the whole, um, the whole thing around socioeconomic environments. Um, you can't ignore the fact that people from lower socioeconomic backgrounds are more likely going to struggle now and into the future as we recover from COVID because of the lack of access to certain things. So I think that's a big challenge for um, us as Kiwis and organisations to actually 
ensure that we're giving opportunities to everyone and especially focusing on giving opportunities to those that don't have access to things that everyone else does. Um, but enough about that. That's a bit Debbie Downer. So what are some positives? What are some positive things that I think we're going to see as a result of coronavirus? Um, I think this is a massive opportunity for local sports um, and minor sports once we are allowed to go back to playing and, and seeing each other and semi-normal life. I think it's going to be a massive opportunity for these sports to, to shine or to grow. Um, I think people will be sort of desperate for anything and any kind of uh, connection to sport and with the whole support your local theme tending to grow as we go through this, um, I think that will carry on to sport and I think it will carry on to the spectatorship side of things as well. Um, especially, as I said, with there being travel restrictions internationally, um, with rumours around our border being closed for the rest of the year, people aren't going to have access to high-level professional sport internationally. But if there's stuff going on locally and regionally and, and in New Zealand, um, minor sports and these sports that play at a level, potentially not international, but play at a level below that, or as I say, just local sports are going to have a massive opportunity to get themselves in the spotlight. I also think that um, non-contact sports are going to recover from this a lot faster than contact sports, um, purely just for the fact that if you're playing tennis or cricket, you're not going to be coming into close contact with other people and therefore you'll be able to go back to playing um, faster than, for example, rugby, where you're constantly trying to get in contact with other people. So um, I think sports like cricket and tennis are probably going to recover from this and be able to go back to normal or close to normal as it might have been um, a lot faster and I think organisations and and companies that revolve around those sports hopefully will be setting themselves up to capitalise on that and the lack of competition from other sports. So it's a good opportunity for sports like that to, to do well coming out of this. It's just a matter of preparing for it now. Um, organisations, I think, will have the opportunity to develop different areas of their business. Uh, as I said, obviously they're not going to have a lot of money in, but um, with things like them not having a focus on preparing for certain events and preparing for certain competitions and running competitions, I think it, just like everything else, it's giving these organisations and teams a chance to reset and focus potentially on developing on things that they wouldn't normally be able to develop. So for myself, um, as I say, I was supposed to have a competition in Australia this week that I would be peak performance for. But, um, and, and after that, if I was lucky enough, I would have had the opportunity to keep playing throughout the winter through a, a premiership competition. But I don't. And although that's a bad thing up front, I'm actually using it to give myself a proper off-season. So... I the last few years I haven't had the opportunity to fully give myself a recovery period, give myself a strength building block, an aerobic block, etc. etc. But now because of this I've got six months of time on my hands that I wouldn't have otherwise had to really build myself up again. So I say I think with teams and, and organizations and, and things like that Although there is a negative side of it, it's definitely an opportunity for them to develop things that they wouldn't normally have time to. Um, I think, especially for the training sector, 
personal trainers, if you're listening, or gyms, if you're listening, um, I'm sure you've already got the Zoom classes going in order to retain your membership fees and keep some cash flow going through the business, but I, I think it's a massive opportunity for personal trainers and gyms to explore the online training and to explore working it out and, and adding that into their business. And, and it means that once we go back to business, that they can keep that as an element of their of their structure, of their organisation. And it means that for people that can't come into the gym or people that are sick, for example, who will definitely stay home now that they're sick after this pandemic, um, it means that people can keep training and people won't put membership on pause. So I think that's a, a great opportunity and something that's going to result from COVID. Um, the last couple of things I've got here that I've thought about are, I think... Everyone's going to be a lot more grateful for sport and for the opportunity to play and to spectate after this. And I think there's going to be greater expectations probably on sick leave. And, like, obviously this is with everything, but as well, like, with player contracts, like, I think people will be much more encouraged to, and not even at a high level, I think people will be encouraged to stay home if they're even slightly sick, especially after this directly as a result of this and I think um, yeah I think there's going to be a greater expectation on support of players and people and well-being after this and yeah the last thing I want to touch on here is esports now it's a pretty hot topic of debate esports whether it's a real sport or not is sitting at your computer playing games a sport is it not I'm not I'm not going to weigh in on that um, I'm not actually sure how I completely feel about that. My initial response is no, it's not a sport. But um, the way the world's going, I, I, I yeah, I'm gonna leave that. I'll leave that for you to think about, and whether you think esports is real sport or not. But um, they have just been recognised as, as an official um, organisation by Sport New Zealand or by the government or something or other. Um, but I think it's a great opportunity for people who play esports. Obviously, TAB is heavily promoting esports through their betting at the moment. Um, it's things like esports and Netflix and and stay-at-home companies and organisations that are going to come out of this well. And if you look at the stock market, Netflix has gone up and up and up, and they'll be getting so much money from this because more people are using their service as a result of COVID. And doesn't matter how you look at it they're they're doing well as a result of it so there are certain things that are going to come out of this that are positive and as i said at this said at the start to get your attention companies like netflix that are getting all this money it's a great opportunity for them to diversify their service and to look at sports broadcasting because they'll have extra money and they're already doing nailing the thing so well they've already got a great audience so it's a chance for them to monopolize their their whole industry really they've already things like um, Netflix and Disney Plus are already killing television and they've basically made rental stores obsolete so yeah um, so yeah sorry if I've been a bit all over the place I as I say I'm not a perfect podcaster I just had a couple of thoughts in my head and wanted to weigh in on what Helene asked me so hopefully you got a bit of value out of this um, if you made it to the end Feel free to um, 
feel free to subscribe and to leave a bit of a five-star review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts um, or just follow us if you're on Spotify. But yeah, if you made it to the end, feel free to flick me a message on any thoughts that you had around this. Um, the handle was barneybarney01. You'll see it in the description. But yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and whether you agree or disagree or if maybe you think I missed something, feel free to let me know. But anyways, next week we will have a guest on and that is Maddie Barnett. She works at the Young Entrepreneur Scheme something or other, yes, in Auckland. So be sure to tune into that. It's going to be real cool. Otherwise, I'll let you get back to your day. Hope you had a good one. Cheers, team. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of LNA with me, the host Finn Barnett, and uh, it, whether it was me or just uh, another guest that was on there as well, go check them out if there was a guest on here. Um, if you want some more LNA, go to LNA.com. That's the hub for everything that you need. Um, all the Instagram, the social media, the YouTube, the extra stuff, the recommendations, the newsletters, the everything, all the value adds, it's all at LNAV.com. So that's the best bang for buck. And if you're an Instagram kind of guy or gal or whatever, uh, check out at LNAV podcast uh, that's our handle for instagram tiktok um, and i think just about everything else as well so more alanav go check us out at alanav.com see you on the next episode of alanav thanks for listening see you soon Cheers.